Hey, what's up, you guys? It's Shay doing a solo recording for this Thursday drop. I just wanted to make sure that I did give a podcast. Unfortunately, this week I've been so busy that I wasn't able to hook up with the guys to do a recording. However, we have been promising to give you guys two podcasts a week, so I had to leave something. What I wanted you guys to do this evening, though, is to make sure you go check us out over at www ttalkpodcast.com that's our website also follow us over on IG Instagram at Transparency Talk and if you have any questions, comments, concerns or even topic suggestions things you would like for us to elaborate on or look into please email us at transparencytalk at gmail.com we do check those and we're hoping to hear from you guys um, any topic, it doesn't matter. We're trying to be transparent and help anyone and everyone. And yes, the three of us may have experienced uh, just about anything at this point in life. And if not, hey, we have a bunch of guest hosts that can come on and offer that information as well. But getting into the discussion, as I was laying here out here in Cali, it's raining and uh, my kids are asleep and I was just thinking, like, you know, what, what could I discuss with people, you know? And the thing that came to mind to me was um, all this molestation that's coming out. And I do have a personal molestation story. Well, I have a couple. But for now, I just want to get into and applaud that one common, one of the um, the musicians... He actually wrote a book, and in his book, he had spoke of his um, molestation story. And what everyone was trying to figure out was, like, why would he do this now? And I'm like, um, why not? Like, it's, it's, it's like almost taboo for a man to come out and say these things that have happened to him and express, to him, express it, you know? Everyone looks and shuns it, and that's completely horrible. And so then most recently on um, Jada Pickett-Smith's Red Table, Keon Dooling, he revealed about his his childhood sexual abuse, sex abuse. And it's like, oh my God, this stuff really is rampant in our community. And the sad part about it is within that Red Talk table, the wife was able to speak. Kenyon's wife and what blew me away is that not only does the victim suffer it's those around them that suffer as well either from not knowing where this person's anger and the way that they handle things you know where it's coming from or even on the flip side having to deal with them as they're going through and healing from it and whatever backlash and stuff that's coming out of that. And it's so many homes, so many homes where it's a lot of um, verbal and physical, physical abuse simply because one of the partners have been in this type of situation as a child but was not able to express it. So it's coming out in other, um, you know, violent and dysfunctional ways. And, you know, I just want to just quickly applaud you guys for everyone that is coming out and letting their stories 
be heard and not being ashamed. You know, the, the sad part about a lot of this is the victimization. You know, victims are not only victims of these incidents, but then they become victims of the public because now the public is judging and ridiculing them and, and passing judgment and saying, oh, why are you telling now or all this kind of stuff. So it's like, you know, I applaud you guys for standing up you know, and, and being so courageous and still telling your story regardless of what would be said in order for there to be a healing to take place in anyone. Excuse me. You have to face what it is that you're going through and you have to, you absolutely have to tap in and deal with that in order to heal. You know, it's not overnight and no one's saying you need to forget it and no one's saying that you, you, you know, will erase it completely. But in healing, you learn how to cope with it and you'll learn how not to take these things out on other people around you, you know, or even yourself. You can beat yourself up like, um. Kenya was saying that he thought that it was his fault. Like, I put myself in this position. I would allow myself to be in this position. I did nothing about it. Why would I be around this person? And in my own molestation situation, I did feel like that. Like, I know that this person is capable of this. But yet, why do I continue to put myself in that position? Like, okay, it's like partially my fault. Like, if I knew better, then why would I not say or do something differently? But when you're so young and you're so impressionable, you don't think of those things. You're usually thinking of all of the um, consequences that you would get, you know, from, from telling. Because back then, parents was real heavy on telling all the time and being a snitch and things like that, you know. So you would be focused on, if I tell will I get in trouble or will this person get in trouble? Which then means the next time I see them, I'll get picked on and bullied on or, or beat up or something like that. You know, when you're a kid, you don't, you don't really understand these things or how to process them. You know, you haven't had the life experiences. And so you're just internalizing that and it just manifests in so many other aspects of life. And so it's a lot of stories coming out, a lot of stories of, um, you know, people from superstars to, to um, you know, the NBA players, uh, who, whoever, everywhere, even with the football players and stuff. Um, can't think of the name right now, but uh, all of those, 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 um, those young boys that was going to college. And I'm saying young boys, I mean, they're obviously, you know, not boys, but I'm just saying, regardless of the age, that was still, you know, a form of molestation or uh, sexual assault. Well, I guess it would change to sexual assault once you become an adult, but it's still all in the same realm, being completely taken advantage of and being without power. And let me tell you something, from those experiences happening to me, it has wreaked havoc in my life because I have gotten to the point in my life where if I can't control a situation, I don't want it around me. And that is because I was so out of control of what was happening to me that I vowed that I would never, 
ever allow somebody to be in control of me and my surroundings and whatever is going on. Never will I allow it so long as I lived. And so it's actually hindered me in relationships. And I'm saying that loosely because I haven't had many relationships. Like my relationships mainly involves the children, my children's fathers, and then maybe one or two other people in my entire life. Um, I was taught to value yourself and value your body. And so when these traumatic things happened to me, I guess that just, I went to the 10th power with it. Like, don't give yourself away to nobody unless they, you know, go through hell and high water. And so, yeah, that's why I'm not and have not ever been, you know, out there like that. But yeah, so my point is, is this, <clears throat> I just did not want anyone to ever have control. And not only did did it affect me in relationships, it affected my children because I refused to allow anybody outside to have any control to them. And so how I was able to do that was my kids, you know, had to live in like this um, figuratively speaking box like they couldn't be out of my sight. They couldn't really play outside too much. Outside to them was like going to my mom's house in the backyard or, or at school at recess and stuff like that. I mean, they were lucky to go outside and ride their bikes and skates. I bought all these things, but it was like, where were they ever going to do it? Because I was so scared that if something happened, I would have lost control. And that was my whole thing. So if you are a victim of molestation or anything in sexual assault it doesn't matter if you are a victim one know that it's not your fault it is not your fault two you cannot ever guess the surroundings that you're in and the people that you're around you would like to think that the people you're around you trust them and you shouldn't have to second guess them so just because you're in a place where somebody is and something happens that's not your fault either to talk about it. Do not internalize it. I'm telling you, if there is a healing that happens when you finally release that thing, you can actually heal and be a better person, you know? And also know that if you are out there being frivolous and not caring about yourself, or you're going to the other extreme of having this whole complete lockdown control over things, Neither of those are good behaviors, and you need to seek help. And in our community, our being African-American community, we look down on mental health. We look down on getting counselors and stuff like that. And I'm telling you, it is really, really worth it to go and be able to have somebody as a sounding board and for them to be able to give you back resources or suggestions on how to help you get through things, you know, you can always, <clears throat> let me see how I can say this. You can always kind of um figure things out better when there's fresh eyes on it, so to speak. And from somebody from the outside looking in, and they're not in it like you are, they can see things like, hey, don't go left. Maybe try going right this time, you know. So that's why it's good to to talk to somebody about it and not internalize that. And you can also be taking your anger and frustration and stuff like that out on a loved one unknowingly because of this trauma. 
and you got all this anger and stuff built up and you may not know why because the body, the mind, it's a wonderful thing at times. It can literally actually block things out for you out of self-preservation because something is so traumatic. It can literally block it out until something, a scent, a smell, a place, anything that can trigger it. But it can definitely do that. But I'm just saying, seek help. There's resources all over the place, all over the place. And I do know a bunch of states, um, they have um, lifted the statute of limitations on these type of crimes against children. So, listen, if you even feel the need that whoever did something to you, they need to be held accountable check out your state and local laws you probably can still do something about that regardless of however old you are that person may still be able to be held accountable legally they're going to be held accountable period because of what they did but i'm just talking about the legalities of it so yeah i had to figure out you know myself in the situation and once I came to terms, you know, with what happened to me not being my fault or anyone around me, except for that perpetrator, I was able to really heal. And like now, you know, my kids, they go outside. I'm still a little skeptical, but they're a lot more free than what my older ones were. The younger ones, they get to hang out and go out and and um, outside and stuff and my 16-year-old, she actually gets to go and spend the night at a friend's house, which was completely unheard of back then. Like, heck no. Y'all not going nowhere. So, I have begun my healing process, which I know is still a working process. But I've definitely tried, or not tried, but I'm definitely doing that. And, you know, after this little commercial break... I'm going to get into my story, and as I pondered on this commercial break, whether I want to be specific with names or if I'm just going to just give you my story, this is Transparency Talk, and we are super big on being transparent. However, due to the fact that we all have kids or the bulk of everybody have children in and around our lives, more so if we don't mention names and specifics, it's out of protection of them. Never the literal persons that we're talking about, but it's usually out of protection of the children or other people involved. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go on a little small commercial break. And when I get back, I will tell you my story. And then hopefully um, we'll have another podcast where, um, you know, one of the guys can give you their story if they have a story to give. So I'll check in with them and see. But until then, I'll be right back. Okay, y'all. So I've decided that I'm not going to use names per se because this person have children. And so do I. And um, I don't know if other parties would like for their names to be mentioned. So I'm not going to do that either. Um, even though this is my my story, this is 
my side of the story. Um, I'm just going to, I'll keep it clean, but I will be very transparent as in the events that I definitely will. But so anyway, this, this happened to me in a different state than where I'm from. When I was younger, we moved out of state and, um, of course I was so homesick. You guys, I missed my family. I missed my granny so much. I don't know why. I just felt like if I didn't get back to her, that she would die, or or if I came came back too late, she would be dead or something. I guess that was just maybe how much I had loved her that I thought, you know, if I wasn't around for her to see or for me to be around her, like, she's going to lose all her life power or something. You know, kids just, we think things. And so I was just, like, you know, homesick, but trying to make the best of things and stuff. And so my mom had met somebody, and she had um, two kids, a daughter and a son. And her daughter was my age, around my age. So I was like, okay, cool. Like I got somebody that I can hang out with. Of course I have my sister, but you know, it was different. Your sister's your sister. And of course you want outside friends, you know, to hang out with and just somebody that's like your age. And so, you know, that was super cool to me. And, um, so we used to hang out with them a lot and, and go to each other's house and stuff like that and spend the night and things like that. And it was just like, so cool. Like I was able to really stop focusing so much on my granny and missing Callie so much to like, I have a friend now, like I didn't even really care to meet people at school in this state because I always figured in my head I ain't staying here I'm not getting comfortable here I don't like nobody and so then once I met this friend I was like well that's good I don't need to like nobody or whatever I'll just have this one friend and so everything was fine and it was cool and we were like best friends like talk about any and everything which okay you guys the age bracket here had to be like 10 and 11 or something like that so it wasn't like we were discussing deep stuff like if anything we were talking about um back then we used to um collect lisa frank type stuff lisa frank was equivalent to um like the hello kitty of the times and it was that real colorful bright colorful stuff i don't know you guys probably seen like the uh, trapper keeper folders that had like the the cats with all the different colors or unicorns and stars and all this stuff like it was super super you know girly and bright and colorful and so I mean that's more than likely what we were talking about with stuff like that or playing dress up you know just childish things but anyway out of nowhere um her brother I guess has started taking an interest in me and was just, you know, saying little inappropriate things and making inappropriate gestures, but I never paid it no mind because it's like the heat tripping, like, or either he tripping or I'm tripping. Like, I know he not saying whatever he's saying. And again, I'm a naive child that has not had no exposure to like sexual type connotations or things like that. So I'm like, you know, not knowing what what all this is so I'm not paying it too much attention and it just you know increased 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 and start saying different things and using different verbiage and and stuff like that and so true story 
true story. Um, some of the things that he was saying, I was like curious, like what is this? And we ain't had no Google, no phones, no cell phones, no. Um, we didn't have a computer or nothing at the time. At that time, I think it was just really typewriters. And if you had a computer, it was the one that, that was probably at your job because they had one of those huge motherboards that took up a whole floor in the building or something like that. This was back then. I ain't trying to age myself, but I'm just being honest and transparent. So anyway, so it wasn't during those times. But back then, if you stayed up too late at night, it was a channel, a cable channel called Cinemax that had a bunch of explicit stuff on there. And so this person had made mention of this. So, of course, I'm sneaking and staying up late to see, like, what what is he talking about? So I see the stuff and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I was blown away as to what these adults were doing, which obviously was X-rated things. And so also back then, it was real heavy with chat lines and stuff. So... Out of nowhere, like, I seen this 800 number, and so I'm calling these numbers, like, trying to see and, like, trying to familiarize myself with what is this, this guy, you know, saying, and, oh, my God, y'all, I got my ass toe up. I didn't know that that they charge your phone line and all this other stuff. I don't know. I know that my mom was just like, what is all these phone calls? And and my bill is this amount of dollars. And and I know it's not your stepdad and blah, 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 and all this other type of stuff. I mean, she's just going in. And my mom's relentless. It's like, you might as well have to told the truth to lessen your ass whooping. Because if she had to beat it out of you, oh, it was going to be 10 times worse, so you might as well cop to it. But again, I had no clue that when you called these, um, they weren't 800 numbers, they were 900 numbers. When you would call them numbers, that it would just, they would just be billing your phone, billing your phone, billing your phone. So I got my ass lit up. Needless to say, I had stopped doing that mess. And so, um... I'm watching this stuff at Cinemax, like, okay, so is this how I'm supposed to act, or is this how I'm supposed to be? I don't really know, because again, I'm like an 11-year-old child. I don't know what a boyfriend is. I don't know what, you know, holding hands, or any of that stuff, or kissing, or any of that. Like, even our TV and, and radio back then was so super restricted. Like, they didn't have all this stuff on here like they do now, like you couldn't dare, you couldn't dare turn on the TV and see somebody even slightly kissing, like kiss on the forehead by a parent or something to their child saying goodnight. Yes. But anything outside of that? Oh no, that was not being played and all the stuff on the radio. Oh no. It was literally radio versions. (laughs) When you bought a CD, excuse me, I wouldn't even see these. When you bought a cassette tape, it said radio version, you know, and this is before they have that. Now they have the parental explicit stamp or whatever that says. No, we didn't have that. It literally said radio version. And that's the ones we were able to listen to. And most music back then didn't didn't even have to be heavily um, rated because, you know, it wasn't all how it is now. I'll just say that. 
So anyways, back to the story. So I'm just like, you know, really like watching this stuff, like as if I'm studying now that I'm thinking about it in my older age, I'm like, I was really studying how to, to become equipped with whatever this, this, this boy was saying to me. So anyways, it just got to a point where it was like uncomfortable. And so I was talking to my friend, which is his sister about it. And, um, she had made mention like, yeah, he talks to me like that too. And so I'm like, okay, oh my God, I'm not alone. I'm okay. So, so good. Like it's, it's not like just me. So, um, also when she said that to me, I just felt like, okay, you know, like, Let's make a pact that nothing, we'll never let anything happen to either one of us type of deal and stuff like that. You know, little stupid girl stuff, pinky promises and blah, blah, blah. So anyways, um, it just got increasingly um, uncomfortable. Yeah, I wanted to stay and spend the night with my friend because I was, again, alone. I was alone in this state. And um, I didn't have nowhere else to go. And so I was like, I want to, you know, hang out with my friends. So I would still spend the night. But it would become times at night where he would wake me up to ask me to do these different things with him. And I'm like, no, no, leave me alone, leave me alone. And I would wake her up like he's wanting me to touch him or he's asking, can he just touch me and this, that, and the third. And, and she was like, yeah, I know, I know. And again, I'm not really trying to tell her story, but... I'll just say this. It was very apparent that these things had happened to her. And then I'll leave that like that. Um, So eventually it got to a point where I would wake up and he would be fondling me. Like not just fondling like my chest, but like hands down in my pants. And that's probably why to this day I sleep so light that... I could be dead sleep, and if I hear um, somebody at a door or even my kids cough or, or something like that, or even I could feel the shift in a room when somebody enters a room. I could feel the shift in the air or something. I don't know. It just instantly wakes me up, like, and it's almost annoying because sometimes I don't get any sleep, you guys. I don't even hardly sleep because I have trained myself to not ever sleep that deeply again, but as a kid... What are you worried about? You ain't worried about nothing. You're in the comforts of your home. You're with your parents. You're safe. Why are you needing to, you know, sleep all super light? You go to sleep and, and just be sleeping until it's school or until it's time to, to clean up on, you know, on the weekend. So anyways, um, so then that was happening like every other time. And, and um, her and her brother had shared a room and it was a bunk bed. So... You know, it it meant that we had to sleep in there and, and and he would sleep in there opposed to staying out on the couch. He would somehow sneak his way back into the room and get up on his top bunk or whatever like that and would wake me up. And if I wouldn't wake up, well, then th- these are the things that will happen, you know, so I'm completely being fondled and and things like that. And so, anywho, that went on for some time and... I had just gotten to be so um so scared and nervous that I even had began to wet the bed 
And the reason for that, I I feel like, because now I'm grown, I could think back on those things. I believe that my fear was like, you know, getting out of bed or, um, you know, moving. Like I was just so afraid of night, not night as in like monsters and scary things. Because oh, I was a, a Friday, um, uh, um, Freddy Krueger, uh, Michael Myers. I oh, um, Tales from the Crypt. Um, all of them, um, what was it, shoot, Twilight, the Twilight Zone, I forget the names of them offhand, but, oh, I watched everything, Scary Stephen King books, I read them, like, I was into all the horror stuff, so I wasn't afraid like that, I was just afraid of people, a person that could want to attack me or touch me or something. So I just figured if I stayed in bed and laid in bed really still. And so now, like I said, I think back, I believe that's why I had started doing that was when that started happening, that thing that had triggered me. And then once we moved back to California, that slowly tapered off because of course I was back home. I was around my family and I was back in my comforts, like I felt protected again. And so that's when that had tapered off. But yeah, so if you do have kids out there that's doing that, like they're changing up how they're behaving and they're acting despondent or even like I said, wetting the bed. Now, some kids are predispositioned for that. I think the thing some doctor said is like genetics or something. I don't know. Don't quote me on this and don't bash me for it. I'm not sure. But some kids do have accidents. Some kids are um, are late potty trainers and stuff like that. And then if a child is potty training, you have another baby. Sometimes kids regress and all that stuff. But that wasn't my issue. My issue was literally from this molestation stuff that I was afraid of just getting out of the bed. Um, cause I kind of knew what that meant was that something was going to happen. So anyways, um, what the breaking point is and what made me finally expose this is after some time, um, I went to her house again. This is when they moved. And so they had their own rooms. And so I was heck excited about that. Like, okay, good. We don't have to share the room no more. Cause I had actually stopped wanting, I had actually stopped going to spend the night over there for a little bit because of this stuff, which is getting increasingly, increasingly sexual. So anyways, I was like so ecstatic that I, that she had her own room. So I'm like, okay, this is the plan. Like, will set like a booby trap so he can't come in here. She's like, okay, yeah, that's good. And so then we put, she has this little small dresser we put up against the door and tried to open. It was like, okay, no, that'll move. So anyway, long story short, we devised that we will put, hang some belts on the door, which will jingle if you open the door. <sighs> Needless to say, that didn't work at all. Um, I heard, I didn't hear anything. I woke up to him once again. My I forget what I had on. It was almost like a romper type thing. It was open. I was completely exposed, and he had his hands obviously down in my vagina area, and doing what he would do. And his friend was standing there, and he was telling his friend. I woke up to hearing him telling his friend, like, "See, look, like, look, you want to do it too?" And this, that, and the third. And so I was like, stop, stop touching me. And I just start crying. And so 
that's when his friend was like, come on, we better get out of here. And that's what made him leave. So they left out. And when his mom got home, um, this part gets kind of fuzzy. But anyway, somehow, someway, she was asking me what's wrong with me. Oh, because I was crying. She was asking me what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. And I finally told her what happened. And so she called her son in there to find out. And, of course, he was denying it and stuff like that. And I was like, I have no reason to lie. And, oh, she got so pissed at him. She got so pissed at him. She um, she had a stick or something. I don't even remember, like, a piece of wood or something. Excuse me. And she was smacking him around with it and told him to get the fuck out of her house. Um, He couldn't be there. And... It was just crazy. It was crazy. And so then she called my mom and and told me I needed to tell her what happened. And so I did. But they had been been hanging out that night. And so my mom was like, well, um, are you okay? And this, that, and the third. And of course, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm fine. I'm okay. And so Trisha was like, well, you know, we've been drinking and this, that, and the third. And and so, needless to say, she didn't come get me that night, but she came and got me that following morning. And when she picked me up, um, I was looking in her rear view, and she was looking at me, and she was like, are you are, are you okay? And things like that. And I was like, yeah, I guess. And But I can, I can kind of see that there was like a hurt on her face about it. And that's pretty much kind of where that, that story ended at that point. As far as conversation goes, obviously it lived with me and has wreaked havoc in other aspects of my life. But what's crazy about this is, is that when I turned 30, I had gotten frustrated with my mom about something and I just started going in into all these emotions and stuff and then that that shit just spilled out. I was like, and then when this happened and blah, blah, and she's like, well, uh, if you feel like that, then why don't you tell him that? And I'm like, cause I don't, cause I'm like literally like, fuck him. I don't care. Like he can be dead to me and nobody's even concerned. He has kids and, and, um, he could have kids and, and he could have been, he could have affected other people's lives and he's affected my life. Like, this is why I don't, um, know how to have a solid relationship and ch- mind you, y'all. I'm talking about I don't know how to have a solid relationship. I have went from my oldest kid's dad's to, to my daughter's other dad. And so, therefore, I'm talking about I don't know how to have a solid relationship. Like, I was with their dad for nine years. And it wasn't like I had, like, a thousand relationships in between the, those two relationships to be, like, my relationship is so dysfunctional. So, you know, I was just talking mainly out of anger. And, um... And so she was like, you should just tell him. I'm like, no, I don't want to tell him shit. Fuck him. And so one day I am on my email and this dude emails me to say that um, your mom had told me what you had said. And um, I didn't know that you felt that way. 
And y'all know I went in. I must have typed some all type of craziness. Sent basically saying, fuck you and da da da. And you ruined my life and blah, 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 and all this other stuff. Just going in, 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 in. And told him not to ever fucking email me ever again. And I don't know why my mom emailed you or gave you my email address. Like, I'm just going in, you guys. And so, you know what? This Negro emails me back to say, well, I didn't I didn't know that I had did anything to you that affected you like that. I always thought you was my little girlfriend. Y'all, I forgot to tell y'all this at the beginning of the damn story. So if I was like 11, he was, uh, I don't know, like 15 or some shit like that. What in the hell make you think that my 11-year-old ass was your damn girlfriend? Where in the hell would you have gotten that shit from? What in your mind would say that? But even if you thought that shit, after I just said whatever I said to you in this email prior to that, that you took my innocence away, what will make you even say that? (sighs) Again, I went in and said some other craziness, obviously, and threatening to damn near fucking fly out to where he is and take his head off and some more shit. And then I just blocked him after that point. And I was like, ain't this some bullshit? And so that's what I mean by victims being victimized. Like, what a slap in the face to say that my 11-year-old behind was somewhere wanting that and welcoming that type of invitation. Like, what? And it's almost like I shouldn't have even said nothing. You know? But I'm glad that I did. I'm very glad that I did. Because, again, I've been able to heal from that. And it just bothers me because this person has daughters now. And I just think, like, I wonder if he's ever done anything to them or tried anything. Or how many other girls that he's done shit like this with, like, friends of his sisters or, or even other friends of his sister. Like, how far does this stretch? You know? Like, is it just, was it just me? And he learned his lesson because his mom whooped his ass real good. Or was it folks be before me and folks after that incident? You know, I've often wondered that. But more so importantly, he has daughters. And I often think like, oh, I hope, I hope like hell he hasn't traumatized them or anything. And yeah, I've pondered seeking legal things against him. I really have. I just haven't had the time to sit down with it. But I feel like Anybody who's done shit like this should be held accountable, especially if they come slapping you back in the face saying that, oh, I didn't know it was that serious to you. Like, come on now. Come on. But yeah, you guys, so that's that's my molestation story. And I didn't mean to make this long and drawn out. And like I said, I'm telling you from my point, I didn't want to mention names and exactness out of protection of children and other people's sides of the stories you know that's left up to them to expose if they ever want to in life and I'm just not going to do it you know not not on this platform but I was very transparent as into what happened and those are the events that matter-of-factly happened and to those of you who have been in a traumatic situation you know that 
the one thing that you will remember and will be so consistent on is the trauma you endure. Once you reawaken that trauma, you can remember it and play it like it was yesterday. And I no longer let that shit be on repeat in my head. I no longer do that. But oh, I know. I know for sure and matter of factly what happened to me. And I'm glad that, again, I faced it. I've dealt with it. And I've um, even had a relationship with my daughters now where I allow them to speak to me and to talk to me and to tell me things because I don't ever want them to feel like they can't. And kids, any any um, teenagers or young adults that's listening to this, talk to your parents. Whether you're going to get in trouble or yelled at or ridiculed or get a consequence from it, it doesn't matter. Don't shut down. Our parents can only parent at the capacity that they know of. And they can only protect us as much as they think they're protecting. They don't know what we're dealing with and what we're facing and what we're around. They too would like to think that the people that they're entrusting us with have our best interests, will take care of us, will look out for us, will protect us and all the things that they would do. They have no clue neither. None of this stuff is like intentional, like, yeah, I'm going to drop my daughter off over here at the house of molestation or, oh yeah, I'm going to drop my son off over here at, at his, um, Boy Scouts, um, how Boy Scouts, um, what do you call them? Not coach, but leader, the Boy Scout leader's house. And I know he'd be in there touching boys. Like, no one's doing that. No one's doing that. So you have to talk. Tell your parents or tell your teacher, tell your neighbor, tell your grandmother, tell your auntie, uncle, cousin. Tell somebody. Don't carry that around. You know what I'm saying? And they can only protect you once they know who and what they're protecting you from. Trust me. Trust me on that. Don't do not do like I did and waited until I was 30 for that to really surface in that way that it did. And now that I am the age I am, I am finally, have finally come to terms with what, what that demon was that I was dealing with, you know? And so even though I, I really exposed my raw emotions when I was 30, I still didn't deal with it then. And again, it's it's wreaked havoc in my life in other areas and stuff. So to all of you guys, men especially, men especially, we leave you guys out and it's it's not okay because I know it's a lot of you that may have had, you know, um, situations that happened against you as a child, sexual situations. It wasn't your fault. It wasn't warranted. And um, speaking your truth will help others. As Common said, when I think when TMZ had caught him outside, walking in or walking out of somewhere, they had asked him, you know, why did he tell? And what he said is true. You know, to be able to provide a platform for other people to feel comfortable to talk about it and to let it out so that they can heal, you know. So... I want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to this podcast. And um, if you have any comments or questions about, you know, um, any resources, we're not counselors. And no, we don't hold all the resources, but I'm sure neither one of us will have a problem helping you find a resource in your area. So if you are a victim of um, sexual assault, 
as a child, as a young adult, even as an adult, it doesn't matter. Reach out and talk to someone. And again, a lot of these states, they don't have um, certain limitations as far, as far as law goes. If you feel like this person needs to be held accountable legally, you may still be able to do that. So, you know, again, thank you for listening to me on Transparency Talk. When you get a chance, go check out our website at www.ttalkpodcast.com. This T is in Tom, talkpodcast.com. Follow us over on Instagram at Transparency Talk. And also, if you have um, any topics you'd like us to discuss or even elaborate on where you might want to know a little more information, email us over at transparencytalk at gmail.com. Oh, and before I forget, there is also a section on our website where you can submit those topics and stuff too, so you don't have to email us directly. You can go to the website. So yes, thank you guys for listening. Enjoy your day. And if you feel like somebody may be enlightened and encouraged by this podcast, please share it with them. Our podcast is available on just about every platform. So if you go on our Instagram and you click the link in the bio, it will drop down um, or send you over to our link where our podcast has all the platforms from Anchor to um, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, all of them. So yeah, please tune in, stay tuned in, and we appreciate you. And also, you may notice a donation button. If you guys would like to donate to the cause, we plan to do great things for our community. That would be greatly appreciated too. Until next time, take care.